Welcome to Very Serious Book Club with your host, Alia and Chris. Prosecco, both of us seem a little sleepy. <laughs> Definitely true. Such is life. Um, how's your life, Chris? What's up? What do you want to report to our listener? My life. <laughs> Singular. <is> Singular? <laughs> that joke is still funny. But we have one oh, listener. listener. It's Singular. my mom. Hey, mom. It's your mom, not my mom. <gasps> I mean, Darcy is probably mom. a little... <laughs> she's probably listening. <laughs> You would know better than I would, but she seems really cool. Has your mom been listening? I don't think so, actually. Oh, my God. Our so one <laughs> listener betrayed. So, wait. So, who's listening, do you think? Is it just us? <laughs> listening to ourselves? No. At least we're making ourselves happy. We don't count as listeners. We don't? Mm-mm. We're at least two hits on the uh, old iTunes. Mm. We have different iTunes accounts. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. All right. Well. Yep. So my life's good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks for the update. Um, I haven't eaten in since noon, so I'm. Do you want to get a it. snack? You seem a little sleepy. I am, but I don't really have snacks, so I'm just gonna have to power through. Okay. Um, I am gonna be proactive and tell us what happened in this passage oh of my Dune right God. now. I know, isn't this very exciting? Yes. I'm gonna try not to giggle. Also, I'm not gonna make eye contact with Chris. I'm gonna look at the lovely California yeah. Republic flag she has of a bear and a star. <laughs> and I just giggled. So <laughs> don't, make eye, don't make eye contact with me. <laughs> oh my God, it's so hard. Okay. Um. So. Oh, sorry. Not to immediately interrupt you, but mm. well, if I'm not mistaken, did, <laughs> I did. But I, I think it's important. Beep 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 beep. Boop, boop, boop. News. Boop. Um, <sighs> at the end of last episode, if I'm not mistaken, we never said where we were reading uh, until. Yeah, we're the worst. Listener, I don't know if you're reading Z- along with us, but if you are, we read until the portion. You cannot avoid the. Uh, nope, that's where my bookmark is. No, wait, that's where we read until. Oh, my God. Are you <coughs> trying to tell our listener where we read to? Yes. All right, so we read to the, quote, you cannot avoid the interplay of politics within an orthodox religion. This power struggle permeates the training, educating, and disciplining of the orthodox community, dot, 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 rest of paragraph from, quote, Mwad Deeb, the religious issues, end quote, by the princess Irulan, that mysterious woman Mysterious lady human lady. maybe a human maybe girl not child. girl child girl child alia oh my god can we okay so <laughs> alia finally surfaces in this passage listener <laughs> i'm just gonna well okay i want to hear your summary now uh, fine all right so <laughs> i can't make eye contact with chris <laughs> look at the floor <laughs> 
Oh, geez. All right. So the Baron is off wherever he is. <laughs> <laughs> My heater has just come on, and I hope you can't hear it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's me saying a description of the book. <laughs> That's how much I know. Yeah, so the Baron is off somewhere with Hawat on his side of the planets, <laughs> wherever the planets are. I'm ignoring the hissing. Do you think our listener hears it? I have no idea. All right, I'm going to keep going. Power through. All right. And I think, like, a lot of funny stuff happened. <laughs> funny stuff? Yeah, just because, like, I think, like, the Baron got real sassy. He did. It was just, like, very, like, oh, my God, does someone in this book have a personality, even if it's a sassy one? And the answer is maybe the Baron <laughs> might have a personality. <laughs> Here is a thing that happened. Alia was born. I'm not jumping before to jumping before <laughs> the Baron's <laughs> passage of him being a sass bot. It is evident that Alia is born, which was pretty weird. Apparently she was born with part of like the revenant mother's like knowledge or something because yeah. little little bb is like <laughs> apparently has the personality of a 30 year old and a two-year-old's She's body every other character she, <laughs> she is but i like that her like image is like a two-year-old child that is like everyone else in this story that's yeah. so weird <laughs> super weird so basically uh jessica is sensing that her child was born with something weird and that was happening um so there were like a couple time jumps um basically like in one of the chapters right after the baron and hawat were scheming to basically take over the world and fight the fremen Mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken um basically like their entire passage which is just like being like we're sassy we're sassy and then like the baron being like what is hawat up to i guess he's on my side I will probably overpower him because I'm the Baron and I'm just like super sassy this time. Yep. Uh, then flash forward to Paul. Paul and Shawnee are married now. Weird. And, and they have a little baby. A baby. <laughs> All, LOLs. It's named Lido too. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. So I wonder, here's a thing. I wonder if Jessica's okay with it because clearly she's a Jewish mom and the Roman numeral thing is not a Jewish thing. Do you think she's okay with it? Fascinating. Specifically, so you don't mean with Chani being the mom and No no no. I just mean the Roman the numeral Roman name. Numeral thing. Yeah. Um Oh, should I go let me do let me do a finish my summary oh, because right. I have it in my mind brain. Uh-huh. Shawnee and Paul are married. They have Lido too. LOL. Um, Jessica is around, but she's like in the land of women, it seems. Yeah, she's a reverend mother now, so she's like other responsibilities. Yeah. Um, she is in the, the lady siege. Yeah, she's in the lady siege. Um, <laughs> and uh, Paul has a harem, it seems. Yep. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul is well, like he supposedly uh, he only sleeps with one of them, but but I thought he had a kid with the other one. No, where did that kid come from? He she had two sons that he oh. has quote unquote raised as his own. I see. So she's just around for the companionship. No funny business is going on. Yep. Yeah. Right, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Well, she he she's the one that Paul was like um, <laughs> but if I want to have sex with her later, can I? <laughs> What did? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that too? 
Shawnee? No. That's <laughs> right. No, he he asked oh the, God, the leader of the Fremen tribe. Right, right. I forgot his name. And the Fremen Still tribe was Gar. like, go for it. He said, you have a year to decide. Oh, like a return policy. Uh-huh. That's nice. Yeah. If you like her. <sighs> do her. <laughs> yeah. So right. he, but he does have a harem. It's literally, I think Jessica in her inner monologue mm-hmm. calls her as part of like uh, part of Paul's entourage or some gross term. Like Yeah. Moving right along to finish this <laughs> glorious summary. Uh Shawnee kills a dude. Paul is like, Oh my god, a woman did that and that's then hot. <laughs> but also L O L that's hot. <laughs> Paul is in training. I was unclear what he was training for. Do yeah. you know? He's going to ride a sandworm. Right. But that is that the only purpose of his training? Like, I thought it was uh-huh. like there was a bigger purpose to it. The bigger purpose is that he will never be truly accepted as a Fremen until he can ride a sandworm. Okay, cool. So he's got to ride a sandworm. Ride, ride that sandworm all the way to the lady seat. So Paul is training for that. He is away at the end of this passage training, and he has to do a test. And Jessica and Shawnee are like, oh, no, I hope you do great, man. Man. <laughs> like, gender specific, because I'm just like, ladies, come on. You have all of these mentat powers. Like, why are we focusing on this bro? Bene Gesserit. Yeah. Towards the end of the passage, little Alia is in our mind frames in this book which is great. She's basically just, like, causing some shit with the other sister wife. Uh, everyone is kind of scared of Alia because she's a two-year-old child that sounds like an adult. Yes. And she knows things she shouldn't know, like, couldn't possibly know because yeah. she she's was... A two- she was not alive. Yeah, she received Predates memories her. from the Reverend Mother, so mm-hmm. she has memories of a past life that she didn't live, but she's a tiny baby totally now i kind of want to see the movie just to see how they depicted this i totally want to see the movie cool we'll watch the movie at the end oh what a celebration um yeah that's my summary that's what happened i think that was a lot more factual than past times that was very accurate thank you (laughs) cool let's Let's get what jumped out at you chris knight so ooh, i like it um going back to well, we started with the Baron Harkonnen. So, Fade Rautha tried to kill the Baron, but he did not succeed. Of course he didn't. The Baron is just the sassiest man on the planet. Yeah, the Baron gets super sassy with him. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed being... I enjoyed having everyone's inner dialogue. Monologue. Because So, we've discussed this before, but... Oh yeah, monologue. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, Frank Herbert does POV switching in the middle of a chapter without telling you anything. It's just the next paragraph is suddenly from Fade Routha's perspective, and then it's mm-hmm. back to the Baron. So it was enjoyable to be in everyone's head at the same time as everyone thinks they're fooling the other. Totally. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's just because I'm more used to how this book is written now, but I feel like more straight up narrative was happening this time around Mm -hmm. like here are some plot points to progress things forward i'm so i'm telling you when the book moves i like it Mm -hmm. when we stand around too long 
Totally. Is when I like it less. I think the style of writing is still not for me, to be completely for honest. Sure, for like, sure. I just find my mind wandering a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a Herculean effort to keep my mind on task today. Yeah. I had a lot of it. tea to drink. I had an annoying cat trying to jump on me. I just wanted to make this about myself for a hot <laughs> second. <laughs> They're all a little stiff. They're just a little wooden, perhaps. Yeah. And even when there are emotions, it's always talking about how they're being masked or covered up. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a sentence like, Fade Ralpha hid his fear well. So then he proceeds to talk completely deadpan normally. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> always like successfully masking yeah. their emotions. Totally. Um, what I was going to say is that I remembered a passage from this book where like, basically it's like, I, I couldn't tell what time of day it was but like paul has to peace out and shawnee is like no babe don't leave it's dawn yeah basically paul is like oh but i have to and shawnee is like oh i have an emotion about this and then paul kisses her hand and i was just like what is this a romance novel i'm interested (laughs) alia was in i was in for that moment i was like more about uh, Lido too what (laughs) tell wait is that a real question no oh (laughs) Tell me more about your love story, of, yeah, Paul and Shawnee. Yeah, romance. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this, Shopaholic? I'm in. <laughs> I do like their relationship. I think, if I'm going to go back on everything I said, I think Shawnee feels the most different. Totally. But I, elfin girl. Yeah. One, she has elfin features. Mm-hmm. But two, she's kind of passionate and spunky, whereas Jessica is really just also Paul. <laughs> totally but she's paul that's like occasionally like paul's an idiot yeah and then paul thinks my mom's an idiot <laughs> man man oh man these Lido humans are just like yeah. having some trubs leave it to the Lido's. <laughs> i cried <laughs> that was a good one <laughs> thank you you're welcome directly related to this mm-hmm. a quote i wrote down is the man without emotions is the one to fear so Paul. <laughs> yeah, I think what is the context of that? Enemies. The context of that is um, Baron Harkonnen speaking to somebody. Let me double check the context. Okay, thank you. So it's Baron Harkonnen talking to Fade Rautha. Yep. He's saying, "I know Thufir Hawat has deep emotions, so I know deep. I can control him because of that. He's a passionate man. He served." the duke the duke leto but because he has those deep feelings he can be manipulated and he says the man without emotions is the one to fear i don't know who yeah who would that be in the story that it's so when he kept referring to um who is his nephew silgar fade rautha fade rautha where is fade rautha right now they live together I just did my own face <laughs> because he kept talking about his nephew, right? They're talking to each other face to face. Oh Jesus Christ! I think I like didn't really connect that Fade Routh and Hawat were the same human. No, they're not. Oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> Hawat is the Mentat that worked for Duke Leto. Isn't Hawat in this passage as well? Uh huh. Okay, but good. But he works for the Harkonnens now. I see. Why can't I keep the story straight? I don't know. I'm not sure where you're getting lost. You're doing 
much better mm, thank than you so much at the beginning so the baron has a nephew right <laughs> yep fade ralpha yep and fade ralpha tried to kill the baron okay and the baron sassily was like you're gonna good try brah good try brah mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm no old fool and then fade ralpha's inner monologue is like the old fool <laughs> oh god um, and Thufir Hawant is a mentat and we don't yet know his end game goal he definitely wants to betray both of them and kill everybody but right now it seems like he's on both sides I just remembered something I want to talk about before Great. the end of the episode but Go remind me should I do it right now? if you want man the world is your oyster okay. this is huge listener you should sit down if you're not already they're making a TV show of Dune. Oh, God. I mean, cool. <laughs> Who's going to be in it? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> Who's going to play Alia? Alia Shockwatt, number one candidate. Mm, good point. Alia Ormitwijman, number two candidate. Number two candidate. <laughs> Only people named Alia could play Alia. Mm. So Dune isn't going to be a TV show. Jesus Christ. So this podcast is topical as hell. Oh, my God. We're so topical. We knew. Um, anything else that, like, really jumped out at you about In this section? these pages? I mean, what's a thing you want to talk about? Okay. Well, it's, <laughs> it's not even much for discussion. It's just the line that says, slowly fade Ralpha wet his lips with his tongue. Gross. That is so gross. And it's Blech. when... The Baron says something that Fade Ralpha was like excited about. He implies that he could be emperor, and he literally licks his lips yeah. with his tongue. I think Frank Herbert is trying to describe him as like the grossest human. Yeah, I mean, well, Fade Ralpha is not bad on the eyes, so I hear. But mm. they're definitely giving you signals that he's gross. He's like those deceiving, handsome men who are so deceiving but handsome. Yeah, who are d- hollow on the inside. Oh, God. Emotionally. Sign me up. S- oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for Game of Thrones folks out there, I've been doing a lot of Game of Thrones talk this episode. Never watched a Game of Thrones, but I think Amelia Thorne, or whatever her last name is, is very charming. Amelia Thorne? Yeah. Who? Clark. Right, sure. That's what I meant. <laughs> And now I'm second-guessing myself that that's No, 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 you're right. I okay. was thinking Bella Thorne. I was, got confused. Oh. Who's Amelia Bella Thorne? She's like a Disney actress with very weird ethereal features. Mm. Yeah, I I follow Amelia Clark on Instagram, and she's very cute. She's so cute. Also, yeah. Me Before You, what a lovely movie. Didn't see it. Oh, my God. You really should. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Literally, I cried so many times, Aww. and then I was, like, in love with her love interest because every straight female was, uh-huh. and ugh, it's just, like, so sad. The Game of Thrones, the Sardaukar? Mm-hmm. Ooh, we learned about the origin of the Sardaukar. Oh, do tell. They are from a prison planet. Whoa. Where they send prisoners off. They treat them real mean. A lot of them die, but those who survive are then the best fighters in the entire galaxy, if not the universe. Do you think they're, like, super ripped? Yeah. Whoa. 100%. <laughs> Allie is into it. No, I'm not, okay? I just want the dudes that are just, like, very handsome but very hollow. <laughs> like, Sardukar. a marionette. <laughs> a 
a marionette? Are those wooden? Oh, that's what I. Uh, Sunday night, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> All right. So and I didn't finish my point. Okay. The Sardukar are like the Unsullied. Allie is making <laughs> some eyes at me. They're like the Unsullied. That's all I wanted to say. They go through this, like, uh, tortuous test, basically, mm-hmm. of pain and punishment. Yuck. But the upside is, if they make it through all of that, they're, like, the best soldiers in the entire world. Hmm. I wonder what the metric for that is. How do you think they judge that? If they can kill other armies. Oh, cool. But, like, I wonder if there's, like, an obstacle course at the very end. Or if there's, like, an <laughs> annual, like, test. And yeah, like, a Tough mutter, but for these prisoners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, time, timed arrows. Yeah. How many people can you kill in this two minutes? Go. Yes, exactly. Ha- did you? How angry were you? How angry were you? <laughs> were what your was your facial expression were like? Were your nostrils flared? <laughs> That's uh, call back. Good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, another. I don't know. I had a joke about that, but it's sober now. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna be like, "How many times did you giggle?" But and then that's minus points. No, that's plus points. Because <laughs> I'm judging this contest. <laughs> so that is very interesting. Is there a reason you brought that up specifically? Just that they're similar to the Unsullied. And I think that's an interesting interpretation of the human existence. Well, basically that you can break a person and then have them work for you. Oh, you mean like America? (laughs) Oh. Burn! What I mean by that is that these people, like, they obviously have done something wrong. Mm -hmm. Not that the punishment is deserved, per se, but they've done something to send them to this prison planet, mm-hmm. and then they're basically broken, but their torturers turn around and become their quote-unquote saviors by saying, like, okay, you've made it through, now we're going to give you all the riches and wealth that come with your station of being a world-class soldier. Right. So uh, it's interesting to me that you could argue that, like, well, why don't the Sardukar revolt if they're the best Mm-hmm. ever. Well, because they're given social status. Exactly. Which they have otherwise. I think for me getting a little philosophical mm-hmm. psychological maybe I should Please say. Please do. It kind of reminds me of the prisoner's dilemma. The that experiment that ran at Stanford. Right, this right. was much uh, later than the 60s. I yeah. think it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But basically they gave half of this group of students in this who agreed to be part of this study half of them were prisoners half of them were guards and the guards became essentially overnight incredibly abusive of their power just because they were told that they were superior to right the the prisoners mm-hmm. so i feel like it's a similar thing at play where they went through all this suffering and then all of a sudden your abuser says, okay, it's all going to go away, and now you can, I'll lift you up, and you're better than everyone else. Gosh, I feel like I'm not doing a good job of making a one-to-one comparison here. Snaps. But, um, yeah, it's just like... So, basically, like, they gave them, I I know what you're saying, let me interpret. They gave them a false social 
station, which in turn, like, basically, like, they, their self-perception now is not that they are prisoners. Their self-perception yes. now is that they are powerful soldiers that yes. have, like, all of the social trimmings that go along with that. So I think that is the comparison that you're making. Thank that, you. That, like, the other prisoners were still prisoners. They were just told that they were prison guards, so they started acting like it. Yeah. Which I think is, like, not that uncommon, even though you think it would be. Like, you give people right. a title, they start acting a certain way. Completely. So. Um, and that's not to say psychology. the psychology are not deserving of their title, because they re- literally are that good. But I think once you tell someone, okay, great, you're better, and we want oh, you. Oh, 100%. They're not, they're not interested in revolting, because why should I? I'm better than you, and I've, like... Totally. It's a meritocracy. I prove myself. Oh, is anything a meritocracy? Bum, bum, bum. What do so you think? Yeah. Is anything a meritocracy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to believe in meritocracies because I was good at school, but you have to acknowledge that there's so much flawed in just taking, mm-hmm. quote, someone's skill set or blah 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 at face value because you know I was I had a privileged upbringing and it was not hard for me to excel in Mm -hmm. school yeah excel (laughs) (laughs) some of that excellence (laughs) is coming back (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't hard for me to do well in school whereas someone else who might be smarter than me doesn't have the same opportunities bro yeah. So yeah, I I can a meritocracy exist? Indeed. Does it? We're not sure. By indeed, I meant like indeed, like that is a good question. Not yes, it can. Oh, <laughs> glad we clarified. Um, <sighs> confusing word choice on my. Everything's part. gonna be okay. Um, <laughs> all right. What else? There there were a lot of things that happened that I would like to discuss. Great. If you would allow me, well, I, s- I shall take honor. It away. Pleasure of discussing this book. <laughs> oh, I thought it was weird. So when we go back to Paul and Shawnee's dream life, mm-hmm. basically Paul has this moment where uh, he doesn't know what time frame he's li- living in, and yeah. that's how we're introduced to the time jump. Yeah, which I thought was very strange. Like it was very like on theme for him um, with his mentat abilities. But I found that weird. What did you think? I was fascinated by it, actually. It painted a picture to me of how hard it must be to live his daily life. Mm -hmm. Because even just waking up from sleep, he's like, Where am I? I have a memory of this. Did it happen or is it yet to happen? I I would like to read the passage that starts that bit. This is right before... We meet Paul and he's having trouble telling what time it is. And oh, where I found he this is. passage interesting too. I'm I glad really you are like reading it. it. Okay, great. There is in all things a pattern that is part of our universe. It has symmetry, elegance, and grace. Those qualities you find always in that which the true artist captures. You can find it in the turning of the seasons, in the way sand trails along a ridge, in the branch clusters of the creosote bush, or the pattern of its leaves. We try to copy these patterns in our lives, in our society, seeking the rhythms, the dances, the forms that comfort. Yet it is possible to see peril in the finding of ultimate perfection. It is clear that the ultimate pattern contains its own fixity. In such perfection, all things move toward death. Oh yeah, I thought this was weird and deep. 
<laughs> I, I honestly don't know what it means, but I like I like the cut of its jib. Jib. Jibe. 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 I don't know. I there was no context to it, which to me wasn't that surprising <laughs> in this book. Yeah, per use. Per use. There are a lot of themes of like new children and like a new time zone and Paul being older and all of these things. Maybe it's foreshadowing. A new time zone, did you say? <laughs> time period. <laughs> but maybe it's like a time zone because that's how <laughs> Paul operates. It's like maybe maybe it's like if he flies to Tokyo, maybe that's where his brain is at. Do you yeah, know what it I mean? sounds like Paul constantly has jet lag. Totally. So like, where was I? What happened yeah. yesterday? Was that today? I, I don't, don't know. know. What time is it? Jinx. Well, I think it was going to tee us up for what Paul's going through. It's like. You did that didn't make sense. Like that's Paul's every day. Oh, good you know one. I mean? No, I don't really know what you mean. <laughs> that this convoluted craziness. It's talking about time mm-hmm. and patterns. Sure. And moving towards death. That much we can glean mm. from its dense prose. But Paul, like that's what he's going through is this craziness, these like glimpses of images that he constantly is second guessing like is that did that happen right did it not happen meanwhile he's always marching towards death i don't know that's such is life such Ah. is life that even if he's stuck in the past in a memory dream memory dream it all moves onwards totally so basically like life is futile I think resisting it is futile. Resisting death is futile? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's also a cautionary. I think the passage is warning you that like don't look for a pattern. Don't look for an alternate. Oh, life answer. is random. Yeah. I think. Do you think life is random, Chris? Very much so. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Please describe this more in depth for me. Uh, I believe in coincidence. I don't think I believe in fate. Oh. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think life is random. I took a philosophy class in college, so I guess I know a lot about this. But (laughs) 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 one single philosophy class. Should um, we have like a fart laugh track for this yeah. podcast? Oh my god. Just my maturity levels are just soaring off the charts. Please continue. Or diving. Basically, the free will dilemma is that I don't know if we need to go into this. No, let's go into oh, it. Okay. Is that if you believe do you know about this uh debate? Vaguely, but please refresh my sure. memory. So the deterministic ideology says that if we replay someone's life, they will always make the same choices. It was fated to be everything. Oh, right, right. If you had a reset button, it still would go the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And the argument for that is that, well, then there's no free will because it's always going to happen the same way. There may be the illusion of free will, but in the reality, it's always will trace out the same path. So you ultimately don't have a choice. The second argument is that, well, if it's not deterministic, then it's random. Mm. And if it's random, you also don't have a choice because it's random every time. So if you hit reset and it just went 
off in a crazy direction and you hit reset and it goes off in a new, entirely different, crazy direction. That's also not choice because it's random every time. So that's the illusion of free will. And I, I it was a hard pill to swallow, but I eventually I was like, wait, I completely agree. And that's bananas. That And everything is random. Well, whether it's random or deterministic, I could not know. Mm -hmm. But that I don't believe that free will is real. Like, it's uh, an illusion. Which is fine, because even if it's an illusion, it doesn't make a difference to us at all. Because we can't possibly know Mm -hmm. what we are going to, quote-unquote, pick. I think I believe in free will, but I also think that it's tempered so much by things like personality and psychology that you're right, it doesn't exist. Yeah. But, like, do you know what I mean, though? Like, So you believe it's random, too? I believe it's random, but that we have... I think that I believe a lot in... I read a lot about happiness psychology mm-hmm. and, like, the big, annoying American movement that's just like, if you try hard enough, you'll be really happy. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that thinking is around proactivity yeah so like basically it's just like if you're very mindful you can achieve (laughs) you too can achieve inner peace and to some extent like I believe in that to some extent but I believe that you can like change your psychology to have different outcomes I guess I'm not really sure how this relates to what you are saying yeah I believe everything is random but it also like it begins with your mindset so if you can change that perhaps you can change the outcome i i'm gonna go meta here i'm gonna say i agree with what you're saying a hundred percent if we're accepting the illusion of free will yes it's your mindset and how you approach the situation Mm -hmm. what attitude you have but oh yeah totally in the in the outside of the space-time continuum is free will real no Professor Chris, this has been class with so Professor Chris. So I hope Chris. you guys learned so much. I wrote this down because I wanted to see how you felt about it. Oh, great. One of Alia's titles is Alia the Strange One. Yeah, no, I knew that going into this book. Everything I say is like, well, this is what I don't like. I would love to hear it, Professor Chris. Okay. What bothers me about Alia is that I know it's science fiction. In the book, not time. me. She, yeah, oh yeah. I don't want to have to write a journal entry about this later. Oh my god, in the book, not the Alia sitting across from me. (laughs) Alia the strange one, not Alia the cute one. Yeah, (laughs) that's how you tell them apart. Is even though we're in made up wooji wooji zone where Jessica has absorbed the memories of a human and passed them on, (laughs) yep, yep, and passed them on to her unborn fetus child, Mm. it just bothers me that she can speak fluently even when she developmentally has the brain of a child i totally am willing to accept oh, that that's she so has funny. all these memories that. and that she has inherited all that stuff that i'm on board with what i'm not on board with is that like well she still literally has the brain of a 2 year old so how can she formulate these sen- like <laughs> No, no, no. I hear you. Yeah. Um, well, maybe she doesn't have the brain of a 2 year old though. She doesn't. So i'm wrong, but no, I think that's very interesting. I think what is funny about the development of Ally of the Strange, okay, a few things. Like, let us again picture a two-year-old that's just, like, speaking fluently and is tiny and, like, presumably just learned how to walk, LOL. But also, 
she has a lisp because like yeah, her she's a tiny baby. palate isn't fully formed, which yes, because she is two years old. But like so picture just like being like, I know so much stuff. <laughs> like what? That's ridiculous. She has a hundred percent baby voice and is like as one of the great minds of Totally. <laughs> she's in Mensa. <laughs> she's definitely in Mensa. Uh, I had an I had another Jewish shout out. Oh, shout out to our homies! I had two Jewish shout outs. Two, one. Mm. Lido two is circumcised. Oh yeah, there was a circumcision. There was a bris. Yep, <laughs> he's a little Jewish boy. That's okay. He's one of us. <laughs> oh yeah, this is like building on our theory that this is just like a Jewish family. Yes, totally. And oh, but Shawnee's a shiksa. Johnny's a shiksa, which Surreal. also explains Jessica's visceral like <laughs> hatred. hatred. She's just like, oh, God. That she's like, Paul, she, she's not good enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like my kugel. She doesn't even like gefilte fish. Oh, I've eaten gefilte it's fish. Disgusting. It's awful. Worst invention ever. I people. always try it. I always go, yeah, I'll have a little bit. Sometimes when I'm really hungry, when the Passover meal is taking forever, yeah, when I'm just like, I'll eat this. Desperate, and it yeah. comes around first, and you're like, I'm just yeah, like, I love y- some gefilte fish. I would fish. love. Know what I would love? A meatball that's fish that's pickled. That's. Uh, oh my god. Oh, I guess it's not pickled. That's incorrect. The Sometimes it's pickled. Is slimy as hell. Slime. <laughs> the only way it's editable, 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 edible is if you put um, horseradish, horseradish, on shit it. ton of horseradish. Yeah, which is then you're asking yourself the question, why am the I? The four questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this was so that was one. There was a bris for yes. Lido two. Lido two. Great name. Which like, how is Jessica? I guess she's not pissed off about that because it's like her hubs. So she's like, oh, cool yeah. in memory, but and it's her grandson. Totally, but like that's not a Jewish thing. <laughs> My mom talks about that all the time. You can't have like, it's not culturally oh. correct to name your kid like a junior of somebody. I <laughs> yeah, you could name it after a relative, but only if they're oh deceased. no, you can. But the Roman numeral thing, like oh, naming someone like Lido two, is like okay. not a Jewish it's thing. It's not okay. Yeah, got it. Name your kid Moisha any day. <laughs> okay, so Bris was the first Jewish thing. Second Jewish thing. Paul's thinking to himself. He says, will there be a rock shrine here this day to mark the passing of another soul? I didn't really understand that. Not done. Will Fremen stop here in the future, each to add another stone and think on Muad'Dib, who died in this place? Oh, so it's like a Judaism thing to like... Leave a stone on the grave that you visit. Is Frank Herbert Jewish? I think... Hold, please. I'm going to Google. I'm going to Google... So basically, Paul's wondering if I die here this day, if I die trying to get, trying to ride this sandworm, mm-hmm. will Fremen come here and leave rocks on my rock? Very Jewish. You are correct. I can't. Uh, Google isn't telling me. But there are a lot of links that list out the religions of Dune, Buddhism, which we, we called out. Totally. Um, the term for those religions alive from a... Se- Syncretic fusion of denominations of Buddhism and Islam. Hmm. We've te- we've called out both of those. Uh, Zen Shiism, so principles of Zen. We called that out. Hundo percent. Zen Sufism, hybrid of Zen and Sufism. Is. I've never heard of Sufism before. Neither. Um, is a form of Islamic mysticism. Interesting. Judaism. Duh. 
Mahayana Christianity. Have you heard of that before? Mm-mm. Okay. Mahayana Lankavatara. I've never heard of that before. Mwadru. Neva Christianity. Third Islam. Zen Hekiganshu. And references, which is not a religion, but the references section of Wikipedia, in case you were confused. So basically, we knew all of those and mentioned all of those. So we're so smart. Oh, Shawnee, we're wa- water rings. What? Oh, don't know what those are. I don't know what they are either, but is that like a status thing that she's wearing water around her neck when it's just like the most? I think it's a great question. I really was curious. It's ca- Describe them as like clink clanking though yeah, right it's like tinkling i assume they have water in them if they're described that way since water is such a big thing in this book yeah i i would imagine it is a status symbol i think that's a great educated guess so paul and jessica were like chatting about why ali is a weirdo and paul goes i know why ali is different he said she was unborn part of you when you changed the water of life what does that mean? Oh, and then Jessica like shuts him down and is like, you know nothing of it, Paul, you son that I hate love. Yep. <laughs> Probably super awkward that Jessica and Paul had their had babies around the same time. It is pretty awkward. What is this, the real housewives? Exactly. It happened once on Orange County and that was weird. Okay, so they kept referring to the Sayadina. I did not know what that was. Did you? No, I forgot. Okay. Do you want me to look in the appendix? Sayadina, feminine acolyte in the Fremen religious hierarchy. Oh, so Shani is a Sayadina. She's a priestess. But soon essentially. she will be a Sayadina. I think she's she she like a Sayadina. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so a few things that were happening that I would like to talk about. One, still suits have hats. <laughs> I didn't really hats? realize that. Yeah, they I have hats. There's like a whole passage where. Paul is, I think, looking at Jessica, and she is wearing a still suit, and it was like, he touched the scarf that was peeking out from her still suit cap, and I was like, huh, they have hats. And then when Paul was leaving his romantic tryst situation with Shawnee, mm-hmm. his elfin bride, he puts on, like, the, m- it was like, he tied his still suit, and I was like, well, that's one way to say that, you know. <laughs> but my point is that then it was like... A <laughs> still suit mask and it was like what they have masks since when i since we introduced the still suits i have not been able to accurately picture i thought it was a scuba suit like i'll be real i thought it was was a fancy scuba suit but i just think it's weird that like the headpiece has never been described before and it's like um you know those things we've been referring to for 800 pages they have hats and masks yeah we didn't fully describe them before (laughs) Sorry for the mental image you've been carrying for 400 pages. Oh, I bet Frank Herbert's like, shrug, I don't know, like, there's clothes. His editor is like, just put a hat in it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I needed a hat in this part. They have hats. <laughs> Maybe his editor, like, sent him back a note that was just like, but what happens to their heads? And then Frank Herbert was like, oh, shit. Oh, there's hats. <laughs> there's hat and mask. You didn't know? There's a mask also to protect their faces. Oh, cool. Good, good to How know. Can you see each other's faces when they're on? I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Are they see-through? Uh, <laughs> can we just submit this manuscript already? Jesus Christ. I have no idea what they it's look like. It's a scuba suit. I'm interested to see what the master, David Lynch, has interpreted them as. 
also, I felt like they were trying to describe Stilgar as like especially appealing this time around. Yeah, he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy, but also just like <laughs> another instance of Frank Herbert like weirdly describing people as attractive, but it like the way he did it was like the glimpse of black beard above the still suit mask, the lines of craggy cheeks could have been wind etched from the native rock brawler movement. And like I feel like this was let me get some context. Maybe it wasn't to like the point to be like Stilgar's so dreamy, but like But that was Alia's take on <laughs> that was my take on it, everyone. I don't know, just like the level of detail. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to reading Shopaholic, so I was just like, Well, that's the only reason to you describe a man. <laughs> Speaking of Stilgar, he lays down this this great pickup line. I am a nade, Stilgar said, never Oop. to be taken alive. <laughs> I am a leg of the death tripod that will destroy <laughs> our foes. Leg of the death tripod. Yeah, what? That is, what? That is such Ridiculous. a lame descriptor. Anti-even. Death tripod. I just got to set it up right over here and make sure the legs are even. Mm-hmm. Third leg of the death tripod. Then you'll experience sure. this death tripod. Oh, ooh, here's a good thing. So Jessica's like hanging out. This is like right before the passage with Alia where Alia is like, I'm so smart, LOL. The passages she thought of calling for coffee and with the thought came that ever present awareness of paradox in the Fremen way of life how well they lived in these siege caverns compared to the Grabon Pions, yet how much more they endured in the open Hajar, I don't know what that means, of the desert than anything the Harkonnen bondsmen endured. So my point in all of that is that she thought of calling for coffee. Is Frank Herbert using a word that we know <laughs> that is popular <laughs> in American culture from great earlier than the 1960s to today? Oh my God. I didn't even throw didn't a even fucking party. What a what a normal request that was for Jessica to say. It, oh, it, ext- it registered like on the highest amount on a scale to me because I was just like, oh, my God, my brain doesn't have to pause to interpret this. Like, I really <laughs> thought that Frank Herbert would have made up a word for this. Yeah, he followed it up with a dense sentence of course he did like of course he did but i'm very proud of him but also like jessica drinks coffee what i guess she does now i think she's having a tough few days Mm, you think so yeah because everyone thinks her child is a witch (laughs) yeah i guess that's pretty bad (laughs) i guess that would emotionally affect you but it just seems weird in this like basically like post-industrial society that People are even drinking coffee, you know? Yeah. When they were describing Paul's other lady, it said something about the other women in Paul's menage. Like, LOL, describing it as a menage. Oh, <laughs> that's what I meant earlier when I said um, entourage. His menage. Ew. <laughs> so gross. There's a descriptor of his the other lady in his menage. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was funny. I think this was <laughs> ties in with Frank Herbert's uh, still suit descriptions of like mm-hmm. I don't know if he has the best grasp on like physical how to describe physical attributes or oh, you, you styles. Think that he doesn't have a grasp. Yeah. On that? So mm. Hara is her name. Her black hair was parted in the middle and swept back. Oh yeah, I found this hilarious. Like Continue. the wings of an insect? <laughs> question marks. So many question marks so immediately many question there. Marks. What does this look like? Flat. 
an oily against <laughs> her head. I think the oily against her head thing was the most confusing to me because I was just like, you just described a lot of volume, but it's slicked to her head. But it's slicked to her head. Her hair is oily. She's wearing mousse <laughs> or something. So here's what I pictured, if you would like to hear it. I pictured Princess Jasmine, but then flat. <laughs> Like Princess Jasmine, but like, what if all of those like beautiful voluminous like lumps lumps were just like flat angles and just oily as hell? What did you think it looked like? I had no. I thought she had this fierce middle part, and that fierce. her hair was like going down her back, but like still separated going down her back, as if she was gonna put it in braids. But it was just like two separate chunks in the back. <laughs> So before we got to like the, it looks like an insect's wings and also it's flat against her head with oil. I was like, oh, Kim Kardashian. So when um, Alia is in a fight with one of the sister wives, kind of, yeah, it's partially because she touched a child while he was in birth. I think her kid. Um, no. Not her kid. Not her someone kid. Else. Someone else's. Basically, like he was coming out, he was crying as babies do, and then Alia touched him and he stopped crying immediately because she was like obviously like passing through some magic. Apparently, those types of boys, oh, Fremen babies, must get their crying done at birth if he's in siege because he can never cry again lest he betray us on Hajar. I don't know what Hajar is, but what? Men can't cry ever? Babies. All babies. I think it was more of a turn of phrase than literally, but I think they're saying like, yeah, let the babies cry now while they're safe in the siege, because when they're on the sand out in the desert, they can't make any noise. I did not understand that. I thought it was just like a gender thing. Oh, I don't think it is gendered. But I really like Alia's snapback that's like, quote, he cried enough. I just wanted to feel and spark his life. That's all. And when he felt me, he didn't want to cry anymore. (laughs) I mean, girl, I hear you. I say that all the time. Will you read it with a lisp? <laughs> I'll try, but I'm going to lose my shit. All right, let's try. <laughs> he cried enough. I, that had no L's in it. I, I just wanted to feel his spark, his life. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, yeah. I think. That's all. <laughs> all right. Join us next time. <laughs> Where are we reading to, Chris? Okay, I'll pick a th- place. Great. We're reading to the line. And that day dawned when Arrakis lay at the hub of the universe with the wheel poised to spin. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mom. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for joining you really us. Loved it. You can find us on social media at Twitter at <laughs> the SRS Book Club. Book Club. On Twitter. Tweet at us. Let us know what you thought. Who's in Arrakis? <laughs> Who's a Rockus? Who's a Mentat? If you have any other thoughts, you can email us at thesrsbc at gmail.com. And rate and review us in iTunes. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Mom. Thanks, Mom. Bye. Bye.
Bye, Darcy.